And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando up on the beautiful Smith River in the great state of Jefferson, where we are, it feels like we're already in winter. I guess technically winter hasn't hit yet, but it seems like winter's here with the grand solar minimum kicking in. Fall seems to be disappearing, and uh, we're going from summer to winter. But that's the way it is, and we're loving life here. Um, we're about to get a lot of rain. And wow, we're already in December, Bear. It's just been quite a year of growth for Alpha Vedic. I know this has been a tumultuous year for many. For us, we've been riding the wave and have just been so appreciative of the growth that we've had in our community. And we say thank you to all of you guys who are supporting us on Telegram, on Discord, watching the show, joining us live on our AlphaCast, uh, buying our products. Uh, you guys have just really been amazing, and we're so grateful for all of you uh, joining us on this amazing adventure this year. It's really been quite a year for us, and thank you so much. Uh, we have just an amazing uh, growth in our co-op as well. If you guys are interested in joining us in a more intimate way and getting involved with Alpha Vedic, we have our executive co-op, which uh, is really just expanded rapidly. We just had another executive co-op meeting on Monday. It was fantastic. People are, we're, we're coming together, we're collaborating, we're creating community, um, we're, we're developing bartering tactics and techniques and figuring out ways to help each other. People are interested in becoming practitioners themselves and learning how to heal themselves and their neighbors and through community outreach. And this has just been an amazing experience experiment so far and we're just um, couldn't be more thrilled so if you are interested in finding out more about this you can join us on telegram at t.me forward slash alpha vedic that's a great way to kind of dive in it is a pretty intensive room so if that's a little too much for you um, you of course can check us on uh, traditional social media which we're slowly getting off of Facebook, Instagram, etc. We're also on Discord, which is a more of a uh, kind of a forum aspect to it. So it's, um, people really enjoy that too. And that's alphavedic.com forward slash Discord. And then of course, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Alpha Vedic. That's a great way to not only support us, but join the co-op. You get discounts on the products. Uh, you get exclusive content. Uh, we, we, we try to throw in free books every week. Uh, we try to, um, we're going to be developing more content on the farm, showing, giving you guys practical ways to grow your own food, grow your own medicine, uh, and really become soil farmers and getting your soil optimum so that you guys can really be setting yourself apart uh, from um, even, even those farmers by you that are, you know, are, are growing amazing food. We're gonna give you the ability to go to the next level and um, it's really exciting. So patreon.com forward slash alpha Vedic. And uh, of course, you can buy our amazing products. I'm wearing our Electric Universe hat today, of, um, which uh, is an exclusive, uh, well, is actually, this is a limited edition, but we've got a few different hats. We've got amazing cut and sew t-shirt that Bryden Lando, uh, Bear's son and co-founder of Alpha Vedic uh, is putting together. We're gonna have a whole merch line coming out in 2021 with really cutting edge, really cool stuff. You can be a walking, uh, uh, signpost for us by wearing our stuff. So um, it's really fun. We're having a lot of fun with this bear. Uh, speaking of fun, today's going to be a really fun talk with our guest, Ilana Freeland here, uh, author of the amazing book, Under an Ionized Sky. I've got it right here. And it's actually 
Uh, she's written a number of books, but this one uh, is just fantastic. And it's actually, you can get it at, uh, on our book list at uh, alphavedic.com forward slash book list. So support Ilana and us by going and purchasing it there. And uh, let's get into it. Ilana um, Freeland is a writer, ghostwriter, lecturer, storyteller, and teacher who researches and writes on deep state issues, including the stories of survivors of MKUltra, ritual abuse, and invasive electromagnetic weapons. She is now perhaps best known for her book, Sub Rosa America, Chemtrails Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth, and the sequel, which I just showed you, Under an Ionized Sky, From Chemtrails to Space Fence Lockdown about the resurrection of the Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI, or the Star Wars space fence, as we know from the Reagan years. In Alana's own words, I came of age in the eyes of the 60s maelstrom. Like others of my generation, I didn't know what I was witnessing, but I do know now. I am one of many Americans still haunted by the unresolved public murder in Dallas that led to the criminal downfall of the nation. Sub Rosa America is the deep state history behind President Kennedy's assassination and descent of the United States into corporate fascism. In my early 20s, I discovered Chinese medicine and macrobiotics. At 25, I experienced a full-on mind-blowing vision of the etheric Christ during a college class, after which I was nominated for a Danforth Fellowship. Three suits flew all the way from Washington, D.C. to question me about my etheric Christ experience, which is pretty wild. In the middle of my Saturn return, I discovered the works of 20th century Christian initiate Rudolf Steiner, which, of course, we talk about pretty much weekly on AlphaCast, and began learning how to think with my etheric heart instead of just my intellect. To this day, I still follow these three paths of wisdom. Wow. That is a lot right there. Bear Lando, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you, Michael. Really excited about our chat today. And yeah, to the folks out there, um, you know, as most of humanity is waiting for the other shoe to drop, uh, you know, here at the farm and in and, and our little group, we're in 100% creative overdrive. And it's a perfect anecdote for all the fear and, uh, you know, the false narratives going on. So I feel really blessed to be uh, part of this group and to live in such a beautiful place. And I'd encourage everybody to tap into your creativity because, uh, you know, that's the name of the game is uh, – you know, certain folks trying to prevent us from going there. Alana, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, great chat. There's so many things I'd, I'd like to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I go to in your website, um, especially the, the Sub Rosa, you know, I feel like I'm going into uh, uh, archives of an old library. And, and I just love it. I love the whole, the whole resonance you've created with your site. And the information is phenomenal. Uh, you know, I have my copy your book here which i absolutely love so i'd encourage everybody to go there uh you won't be disappointed um you know alana we have a very educated audience and they understand you know that yeah we are getting sprayed like bugs uh there is a such thing as electro smog everybody's very well aware of the effects on our biology uh, you know, it, we're in a, under a full kitchen sink assault right now. But, you know, what really disturbs me more, what I'm more concerned about, I should say, is the effect it has on our subtle anatomy. I spent many years um, 
and still do uh, measure the, the subtle energies. They're not subtle at all, but we think of them as subtle. Uh, you know, that is uh, just as important as our biology. And then the subtle layers also serve as compartments and, and they're there for a reason, just that compartments of the body. You don't want the, the lower bowel leaking into the peritoneum and, you know, creating problems. And also we don't want contamination of, you know, certain lower astral levels contaminating, you know, our, our finer, uh, you know, spiritual levels, we'll say. And so where I'm going with this is, What's happening now in our atmosphere is, uh, is creating an abundance of very noxious, as you know better than I do, um, uh, waveforms that are very penetrating. You know, and, in the field of biogeometry, we call them vertical waves. And they have not only a penetrating quality uh, that's not good for our biology, but they also act as carrier waves. And those carrier waves bring with them informational fields. And uh, through those informational fields, I, uh, you know, I think it's beyond speculation that at certain levels, uh, the folks that are behind all this nonsense are using those uh, to carry the information they want into our psyche to create, you know, their social engineering. And uh, also it contaminates us or exposes us to the, the psychic realm, which is, um, like the collective uh, human landfill on the emotional level. And, uh, you know, and we're getting all that contamination at the same time. So, uh, you know, I know we have a lot to talk about, but if we could maybe get some of your thoughts on what I just said as well, uh, because I think it's an area that isn't often addressed as we're talking about chemtrailing and EMG and such. So thanks again for being here and we'll just take this wherever you'd like to go. Thank you. That was good uh, to bring that up because I, you, I know you know that I'm now finishing, I feel like I'm using the word finishing too long, uh, finishing the third book on geoengineering. And um, that book is entitled Geoengineer, Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by chemicals, electromagnet electromagnetics, and nanoparticles for synthetic biology. And <clears throat> I mean, it's a mouthful, but it's all connected. And when I started 10 years ago, a little over um, getting involved in the chemtrails movement, as it was called then, and it was almost entirely an internet movement, a lot of us who are so-called leaders uh, of this movement haven't even met in the flesh, but we've met many times through emails, videos, uh, etc. And um, we've all been sort of on the same page. At the beginning, I was on the same page they were. I was paying attention to the sky, and um, you know, brushing up my chemistry. I, I had a biology major in undergrad years ago and I slowly over time I went all the way from my friendship with Clifford Carnicum who was the only independent scientist at that time uh, working on what was coming out of the backs of jets and Clifford was living in northern New Mexico in the beautiful azure skies that they used to have uh, and um, he was collecting 
data uh, from condensation and from his HEPA filter and discovered these fibers that were obviously in these trails. And I became involved through, again, a serendipitous destiny move of uh, someone introducing me to him because she knew I liked science and he liked science. And, and then it, we got very involved in looking through the microscopes and, and um, we did the red wine test to see about the fibers in our mouths. And uh, we collected as much as we could from people on a very low key scale. Um, and when I saw the fiber out of my own mouth move in the water under its own motility, I definitely got the picture uh, of the crucial nature of this, that it wasn't a matter of a few people having something. It was a matter of a completely uh, geoengineered planetary event. And um, then I found out that it was daily then I, uh, you know, I followed Clifford's research. Uh, he had a bunch of papers up. He was getting hit uh, every week by over 180 alphabet soup uh, agencies who were all very interested in finding out what he could find out on his own with his shoestring budget compared to their multi-million dollar uh, setups. So, um, that was that was the beginning for me, um, and then when Adam Parfrey at uh, Farrell House, uh, I'd done some work for him when I was living in England, uh, and he asked if I thought I could uh, write a book on chemtrails, and that was that was how I started. But I didn't know then that there would be layer upon layer upon layer to geoengineering. Uh, and I didn't even have the term geoengineering at that time. Uh, but I began to, uh, over time, uh, first I wrote Trails Harp and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. That was in 2014. Then um, another couple of years and working with someone who had contacted me after that book came out, Billy Hayes, the, the very famous harp man he had worked on the HARP team to uh, build uh, the, uh, the, the antenna arrays up in Gakona, Alaska, uh, HARP meaning uh, High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, an ionospheric heater basically. Uh, and, and Billy was uh, invaluable to me in pointing me in this direction, in that direction, in this direction, in that direction, uh, to lead me back to the SDI program of the uh, Reagan, George H.W. Bush and Dick Cheney uh, Troika, I call it, uh, back in the 80s. And <clears throat> the SDI was, we called it the Star Wars program because it was a lot like the movies, uh, but they couldn't quite make the jump to light speed yet because they hadn't prepared the atmosphere. And so with the chemical trails uh, and the jets flying every day, not just military jets, might have started there, but it went quickly to the commercial jets under Project Cloverleaf, where they all signed uh, NDAs, uh, not to discuss this uh, top secret classified program. And, and it was, you know, for a couple, three years, as I recall, we who were in these 
the cutting edge, leading edge of uh, the internet movement, were arguing about whether it was just in the fuel or if it was a supplementary system. Uh, what was, you know, where were these fibers coming from? Uh, and, you know, uh, it was, you know, many egos were bruised and, uh, and, you know, we confronted this, that, and the other. And finally, um, you know, I figured that out and it's, I, I detail that in this second book uh, so that people can understand how that is done. Um, so then the next phase was, okay, so we're getting, uh, the space fence is enclosing us in this electromagnetic chemical soup. Um, and then I discovered the nanoparticles. And the nanoparticles now have uh, taken front and center for me because uh, I've found definite uh, patents, papers, uh, conferences, military conferences, uh, NASA conferences uh, about the uh, use of nanoparticles and um, not just in cosmetics and toothpaste and any food, uh, refined food that needs thickening. And, you know, it, it's in everything. It's in new cars. That smell you get in the new cars, that's nanoparticles. Um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's ubiquitous. Uh, but, but that it was in biology and that they were very, very interested. And of course, that was bingo on uh, the uh, Morgellons that Clifford had spent 20 years on. Uh, and um, and then I realized that Morgellons was a nanoparticle and that it had been weaponized as a pathogen. And then I realized that virus, virus which uh, of course, Rudolf Steiner, my, my other great teacher, um, assured me and others, of course, <laughs> he's dead. I like my gurus dead, I always say. Uh, he told me that uh, the virus doesn't really exist. It sort of occurs in the cell when uh, a nanoparticle is suddenly, in a way, weaponized by the fact that our immune system is weakened and is not really doing its job very well. So, um, you know, it, it, it all sort of just came together uh, all the way from the beginning when I thought it was just up there and coming down here and to where now it's in our bodies. It's, uh, we've, we are daily, I assume, uh, they're still dropping trillions of nanoparticles in the stratosphere above us. Uh, and that the, um, those nanoparticles are all different specializations. Of course, Big Pharma got involved right away. And Big Pharma, Big Pharma is a chemical company. Come on, you know, it, 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 a chemical phalanx, I would call it, of uh, all the way back to IG Farben and the Nazis. Uh, it's, it's much more than it seems. Just about every agency in the US government is much more than it seems. Um, so then now I'm uh, on the next book, uh, where I'm going into the, where the second one was going into the details of how the Space Fence SDI program has now captured us in a prison, turned the planet into a prison planet, and uh, the 5G and 6G being just another layer uh, of this, the, a very important layer, I might add, because 
those, uh, the five, especially the 6G, but 5G as well. 5G is sort of the matrix for six. And um, this will now give them the power over the interior of our bodies, including the DNA. So, so that's, that's kind of the picture of geoengineering that I keep trying to correct. Everybody thinks it's about weather. And um, a lot of our uh, leading edge have concentrated on the weather, and I'm not faulting them at all. That needs to be concentrated on. Uh, but, but there is so much more to it. Uh, electromagnetic experimentation going on. Um, uh, all the, the different uh, terraforming going on, not by aliens, but by alien human beings. Uh, who are, uh, you know, using California fires uh, with lots of nanotech in those fires. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you just have to return to your senses and your perceptions rather than wait for the experts. That's, that's kind of what's happened to us through this media-driven uh, culture that we live in is they've, they've driven us to doubt our own perceptions doubt our own common sense and, uh, and to go to, to wait for the experts to come forward. Well, as you and I both know, um, the experts have not come forward. They ha have hidden uh, behind uh, calling anyone who questions anything a conspiracy theorist, et cetera, you know, the usual CIA litany of, of assaults. Um, and uh, so we're on our own. And uh, for me, that's good news because I've kind of always been an individualist since I was a very small Romanian girl, you know, living in an Eastern European community in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I, I kind of, I was an only child and have just sort of uh, had a very active intellect and uh, have been exceedingly interested in where I landed <laughs> and figuring out what's really going on here. So, you know, I always invite people, this is the good side of this, of this chemical trails and all this stuff pouring down on us and we're breathing it in and it's going into our blood system, it's going into our organs, our tissues are going easily through the blood-brain barrier. Um, all of this is the, the dark side's uh, plan to transhumanize us, to make cyborgs out of human 1.0 uh, and, and create this, this other that they can then rule and manipulate and so they can defeat this free will nonsense. Uh, but, uh, but really, um, the good part of this is, as you can see all around you, wake up time, time to wake up. Time to get going here, because we're really pressed to the wall now. Uh, and yep. it seems to be the only way that many people wake up is through a cataclysm, catastrophe, uh, some sort of ter terrible, painful war or something. People often ask, why can't life just be peaceful? Well, let me tell you, because everybody <laughs> sleeps. Everybody sleeps. And, and you know you are definitely becoming a true adult and maturing when you don't need that anymore in your life. You are awake 
and you are just doing it one foot in front of the other every day. And it is the creative life. It is the real life. And everybody else is sort of just, just coming along at their own fumbling pace. So for me, I, the more I learn about this stuff, I mean, yeah, it's, there's some sad parts to this, uh, of a lot of suffering that comes particularly for children. I'm sorry to say, you know, welcome to the planet. We're going to shoot you with as many vaccinations as we can get into you for as many years as we can talk people into putting up with it. So, um, now, uh, it appears that, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe when this whole thing happened almost a year ago, this lockdown and the COVID-19. It was, it was like it was tailor-made for me for, with the book I'm writing. It was like, wow, this is perfectly timed, it appears, because those are the very things I'm going into to point in the direction of how the environment has been manipulated to... Uh, to be able to, in a way, do epigenetics on us as we speak. Uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. And that everyone slept through it while they did it. We watched the geoengineering happening in the skies. We saw this crap coming down. Uh, we saw the Morgellon sores. Uh, we saw the um, degeneration of people's immune systems. Uh, in various so-called diseases, which are really symptoms. And, uh, and we analyzed soil, and it, soil was just depleted and turning alkaline, and the oceans were turning acid. And I mean, it was happening all around us this whole time. But nobody knew that it was one thing going on. Nobody understood that the geoengineering was about a lot more than ever just controlling the weather. It was about full spectrum dominance. And that was the title of the first book, The Doctrine of Full Spectrum Dominance Under the Secret Space Program that Catherine Austin Fitz has talked about for years. So uh, it's, I think people are now, the good thing for me is with all this you know, whether you're on this side or that side and you believe, uh, you know, the T word becomes, ooh, uh, all of this begins to reveal this elite ability, unlike the people, to concentrate for years on one objective and to draw all their resources, all their resources through blackmail, uh, you know, I mean, there is nothing they won't do to achieve their goal. And meanwhile, we get distracted. We, the people, get distracted by this and that because we're here to live a life. We're not just here to, we're not here to dominate a planet. So, you know, it's a very different construct of what we're facing and, and, and it has taken us a while to figure out how best to, to meet this, to face it, to, to, uh, to put all the pieces together that like, you know, Os Osiris body in the, um, the famous Freemason Egyptian myth of 
Isis and Osiris, where Osiris' body ends up all over the Nile Delta. And she's running around picking up little pieces. Uh, that's kind of what we've been faced with in, in our process of initiation to the 21st century. We've had to learn to run around and pick up little pieces and go, hey, wait a minute, this looks like it might have to do this. Yes, it does. So that's, that's, been my, uh, that's been my life for quite a few years now of just putting pieces together. And if the book is, I just received an email yesterday from this wonderful Serbian journalist who uh, several months ago informed me that Under an Ionized Sky is a, uh, is a text in the Technological University in Serbia for uh, looking at how Tesla's technology has been weaponized. And now I get an email that uh, the uh, former president of uh, a, a corporation is using the book as proof that NATO cannot be trusted and pointing back to their history of being doused with chemicals uh, early on. And, and I, I had that in the book. And so, you know, and I'm, I'm so thrilled they translated it into, into Serbian or Cerulean alphabet and everything. Uh, and uh, it's the one place in the world where Tesla was from, I have mm -hmm. to say. I'm sure Tesla is behind this, uh, that, uh, that understands why that book is important because here we are in the west where nobody reads anymore nobody can concentrate nobody can you know but ilana there's so many footnotes <laughs> you don't have to read every footnote that's there for the people that want to go deeper well your so, foot, your footnotes are great though because they're not just a regular footnote you do put a lot of context in your footnotes i've noticed yes and someone who's a deep researcher myself I'm reading the book and I'm only like 80 pages in and, that, and normally I'm like scanning through stuff, but it's just so much depth of, of input and knowledge, which is so important with this topic because there's so many naysayers out there that just can't get their, wrap their heads around this still to this day. And that's what I was telling Bear before we started the show. What's so important with this show is we want to set this finally, like to all the normies out there, listen, we love you. And we got to get over the idea that these don't exist. Okay. <laughs> Chemtrails exist. Project Cloverleaf's real. This has been compartmentalized for, for decades. The secret space program exists. As you mentioned, Catherine Austin Fitz has been brilliant at showing where the money, how the money has been hidden and where it's gone. Trillions of dollars. Imagine what can be done with trillions of dollars. That's why we look up and see this program going. So this book, under an ionized sky and the one before, which I haven't read, but looking from this, I assume it's the same, same style is just so rich in, in, in documentation. You're not just writing a novel here or a nonfiction piece. This is a very, very specific um, piece of scientific literature, I would say. So props to you, Ilana, because it is something that I think everybody should own. And, uh, and I love the footnotes. So, so thanks for that. And in the chat here, people are saying, and here's a question I think is, is, is a great one for people to wrap their heads around. And maybe you can give a little insight to this. And I have my theories. 
these people who are involved with these projects, and we'll get into the compartmentalization and just the, the rule followers, the order followers later, but the, the, at the people at the top that are behind, that are on top of a lot of these secret space program, um, dark ops, uh, military projects, the many who are very lost in their own, um, their own intellectual space and not seeing the holistic you know, aspects of this. How are they, are they not concerned about having the fallout the Morgellons, all this stuff themselves. I know as Alpha Vedic, we provide tools and stuff to protect ourselves against this, this for our own biology. But what is their thinking on that? And is there terraforming and destroying the planet and everything? Are they just so ideological about it that, um, and maybe this might play into Steiner and the Ace Sphere and Aramon and all this stuff, and maybe they are just completely captured by that entity itself. Uh, or are and, they? But, <laughs> but or are they robots that are, don't have to worry about it? I mean, what is their idea? Because they're on this planet too. And that's been one of the big kind of counter arguments that I always face with this topic. Oh, well, um, if you're talking about the very, very top, uh, I don't know if you've ever known anyone from elite families. I mean, mega rich elite families. There has, and I kind of have, yeah. They, they're, they're not raised the same way we are. Um, not at all. Their children don't watch TV. Uh, their children don't take vaccinations. Um, they are prepared from birth, in my opinion, by pain and trauma. And they are raped as children. They are abused. They are... Uh, present at rituals to absolutely traumatize the soul. And then they're rebuilt. They're rebuilt to serve uh, what the elite bloodlines want for this planet. And, you know, I, I was listening to a uh, David Icke's latest, uh, I used to be a big critic of David Icke um, because I saw that he was being used as a gatekeeper for the blue collar uh, laborers of uh, England. He's, he's come a long way. I don't, I don't, well, I assume I've come a long way too. Uh, and uh, he, he was talking about how this is all set up and it answers your question. My first answer that I had several years ago was, and it's true, they have the antidotes um, all the way from, uh, yeah, they have the, the best filters, the best help, hepatite filters in their homes. Uh, as you know, many of them have built underground. Um, they have the best food, the best of everything. And uh, even that uh, machine that we saw in that, pre-programming film Elysium, uh, they have one of those too, one of those uh, incubating uh, fix your bloodstream type of rife, maybe a rife machine, whatever. They have these things that, because they can afford them easily. So, uh, so that, that keeps them going. Uh, but as far as their, um, their intent, I think that we have to understand that they they don't take life passively like most people do. Most people feel that their destiny is sort of meted out to them. 
uh, and uh, and they learn to uh, take a very passive role in 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 what they can achieve for themselves or what they uh, how they look at themselves, etc. And these these elites, if we're talking about the very top, they uh, they don't they don't do that. They they have things set up for them before they're ever born. And then they get into the saddle <clears throat> and they keep going. And if they don't, uh, they end up like that poor, uh, I think it was Michael Rothschild uh, in that Paris hotel uh, strangled uh, in his bathtub. So uh, it, it's a pretty hard road they, they lead. And yet when it gets, when you get down to it, they are committed and their life for a lot of them at the very top their life is just a just a small thing because they're part of a much larger thing and they know that whereas most people where individualism is just barely getting going and pulling us out of the group soul and collective and now we we are confronted by uh, bill gates of the world who want put us back into the hive mind and turn us all into uh, nanoparticle run entities. Um, we, we tend to get distracted and, oh, well, I, I never knew about this. And, you know, I mean, that's the trouble with incarnations is you come back and, and you get hit with your time and the themes of your time. And, um, and now you, you got to start dancing right away and got to figure out what's good for you and what's not. And it, it's, <clears throat> it's understandable that we're distracted. They are an army of elitism. And it, it's, it's not a pretty sight. I don't envy them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but they are we must understand them so that we can understand the enemy, much as George Patton used to study uh, the Gallic Wars of Caesar in order to prepare to fight Rommel on, uh, on the field of battle in Northern Africa. So, uh, you know, that, that's what goes with being a warrior. And I'm a warrior, and you, you guys obviously and Jefferson are, a warrior, are warriors. Um, so that, that's kind of how I see it. Um, if that's the argument people are using to not believe this is going on, if, oh, well, they would, they would be harmed too. They would have to breathe this air too. They would have to drink this water too. Well, <clears throat> yeah, but not really. Uh, they'll, they'll have their ways. They have the best. They have the very, very best. And in our circles, we do work with technologies that can uh, greatly not just mitigate, but neutralize the things that they are doing. And, you know, what you're describing, I'm very familiar with it. It's, uh, I would call it, a, you know, as far as the way they program their children, the next generation to carry on, because these are very patient, long-sighted people. Uh, it's, it's sort of an inverted uh, spiritual alchemy. You know, normal uh, spagyric alchemy is you, you, pick the components apart, you put them through a purification, and you reunite them into an elevated whole once again. And they use the same principles, only they, you know, download different kinds of uh, programming in it. So that when they put the pieces back together, you literally have a robot, somebody that's going to carry on the agenda. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, things like alchemy and and, and, and that sort of thing have gotten a bad connotation. And we have to realize that 
all they've done is taken truth and real science and inverted and then occulted, of course, the good parts so that the regular folks can never, you know, get a hold of it anyway. So it's, it's what you're describing as, as a very scientific methodology and it works. And I've actually run into a couple of these characters that were rescued and kind of uh, got their lives back and, you know, kind of defragmented, you know, their personalities. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely what we're up against. And it's difficult for the average person to understand that they do just, they're wired differently. Well, let me bring in one more level, because there is one more level. And that's, that's why I mentioned the David Icke um, interview yesterday that I was listening to carefully, because he analyzed it fantastically. And that is, uh, with my years of Rudolf Steiner, um, I know that there are entities on this planet. I don't have to import them from Alpha Centauri. I, they, are not, they are not necessarily, yes, they are alien to humanity. They are not human lovers by any means. Rudolf Steiner once said it, an amazing thing, and it, I've, it's strengthened me so much. He said that humanity is the religion of the gods. And what he meant by that is we are the only creature, uh, the only spiritual being who enters a material body and lives a material life, much like Madonna sang about in the 80s. We live this material life to develop free will. And most of the spiritual entities do the will of God, if you will, out of their own nature we are we are a species that has to strive for our true nature it is not a given for us we are faced with many tests and challenges and pain and suffering there are things that we go through here in this material world that we all dearly love but it's not easy here so that's why we're the religion of the gods. All right. So we're the religion of the gods. Then we have some human beings who, through perhaps the torture that they underwent as elite children, lose some portion of their humanity. And now there's a gap. There's a real big hole in there. And as we know, nature abhors a vacuum. And so something enters. And David Lynch's second round of Twin Peaks, which I've now seen three times, by the way. I love David Lynch. He has this amazing scene of the desert in the 40s mm -hmm. and 50s, where these creatures enter innocence, enter an innocent girl. They, because we don't know about them. We don't, you know, most people in America are materialists. They've been conditioned and, and brainwashed to be materialists. They don't have any inner life. They'd rather watch TV. Uh, and, and that is a vacuum. And something will come to fill it. And you don't get to decide what it is that will fill it. It, it, that's the problem is <clears throat> in certainly in the elites are we dealing with real human beings anymore or are we already looking at human 2.0 you see the problem 
that 2.0 may not just be plugged into AI and be cyborg. It may have something else going on, which John Lamb Lash, uh, a previous teacher of mine, John says it's the archons. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't know much about those realms because here on planet Earth, we need all of our forces to be directed at survival first and then figuring out the questions of existence, et cetera, et cetera. We, we don't spend a lot of time on that. Uh, and, and so I believe that that's another, yet another level that we have to consider when we're talking about how these elites survive in a world that they have made inimical to human health and human mental health. And maybe and, that's why they're terraforming it. Yes, and that's part of the terraforming, for sure. Uh, when we're looking at decisions uh, like by George Soros, et cetera, who's a, a lower minion, he's not one of the top, um, we, we have to consider that we might be dealing with, as Paul says in the New Testament, powers and principalities as well, not just a human being not just a greedy bastard. We, we have to realize that with our electromagnetic spectrum, and that's what D David goes into so well, and I, I talk about it all the time. You look at the electromagnetic spectrum, and look at our visual, look at what we can perceive. This teeny, weeny, teeny, teeny, teeny little area. That's all we can see. That's all we can perceive. Why would the divine world make it that way? and give us not enough for the, all the way to the gamma rays and the radio waves and the microwaves. Well, that's been our condition up until now where we've needed all our skills to, to unlock our perceptions and to have this fantastic experience, soul experience, of perceiving the real world, the beautiful nature. You know, I mean, there are reasons that we have not been allowed into these. These are all sort of nole me tangere places. You're not supposed to go there. You're not supposed to touch those things. Uh, there's a reason. But now the elites have pushed the envelope to the point where now we have to look. And that was one of the big things Rudolf Steiner said as well. He said what we will have to do in the 21st century is we will have to encounter evil and name it. And he didn't mean give it any old name we wanted. He meant out of its very nature to really name it. Now the word Satan has been around for many years and there's, there's other Araman, etc. But this means to really look at it and use that perception that we have that no AI is ever going to have. Never, because we have skills that AI can't touch if we are real human beings. But if we sell our humanity and we let it just sort of drift away, like, you know, it's just a matter of being a body. Well, there you go. Yeah. And uh, that's where our DNA comes in, you know, back at your initial remarks and how important the DNA is. And of course, they telegraph exactly what they're uh, up to when they're desperately trying to change the human genome with 
you know, injecting us with foreign DNA and everything. What people I think have to understand is every strand of DNA is operates as a dual impedance antenna that's constantly resonating and keeping a homeostatic balance with our external environment. So now with the tampering of our environment and the atmosphere, of course, what is our DNA pinging into, you know, as opposed to the original patterns that used to be there, all these overlays are what we're tapping into. And then of course it will be, uh, you know, a, a complete system when they have changed our DNA as well. And perhaps uh, it's not a good idea, idea to put insect and animal DNA into us. It is not capable of perceiving into those greater bandwidths in the first place. And what is it doing to have aborted fetuses in the vaccinations going into babies? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> really, really look at that. Are we... Is this one of Steiner's uh, warnings of looking at evil? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's the disassociation from the etheric body, from our source, from, you know, we had Tom Campbell on last week, and he's an avid out-of-body explorer, and that's part of our analog connection to spirit, to Gaia, to the entire nature, and this is the mechanistic, transhumanistic, robotic, digital versus the organic uh, you know, natural realm that we integrate with as soon as we come back onto this planet, into the sphere, and that's the war. It's the eighth sphere. It's what Rudolf Steiner warned about, which is going into a completely fake digital realm, which is where they're pushing because, and there's so many uh, great uh, historic, religious uh, traditions that talk about the fall, the fall of these elites that got disconnected from their etheric body, from their ability to touch source. And yeah. so they are in their own way reincarnating on this in their own cycle. And they, they are off the wheel of, or they're stuck on their own wheel where we can transcend, we can vibrate up in whatever you want to call it, if it's terms of harmonics or other uh, elevated transcendence or whatever, we have that ability to do that. And that's what makes us so powerful where they can't. It's like this, like deal with Lucifer or whatever, you know, tradition you want to go with. And that's the war we're seeing. And I feel like it's all coming to a head right now. We decided to come into yeah. this realm right now because we're warriors and we want to be here. And that's what's so exciting about it is because what do you know? It's all coalescing right now, December 21st, the great conjunction going into this new era, this new epoch, going into the, to the air, you know, finally into the age of Aquarius, right? So we are here at the cusp of the great change and it's, it's all happening. And right when COVID hit, I was like, oh, that, that, that's right on target. That's, that seems to make sense. Bear and I were like, yep, we've been talking about this for a decade. We knew this was coming. And so um, anyways, to back to the, the whole chemtrail thing, it's, you know, for me, it's just wild because it's beyond the geo, you know, uh, you know, the whole thing about uh, global warming and using that as a cover to pollute and, and make weapon systems and all that. But the AI transhumanistic um, agenda seems to me to be the darkest one because that's creating the overlay for the new kind of technocratic robotic realm, right? Where we are completely stuck in this eighth sphere that Rudolf Steiner talks about, or in this kind of like AI controlled virtual reality that disconnects us from our ability to 
touch, tap into source, reincarnate and transcend. Um, so that for me seems to be the most important aspect of this war right now. Yes, and I would, uh, I would just stress that the human being, a lot of people hate humanity and um, have fallen prey to these vacuum uh, uh, tenants. Uh, sadly, they don't understand that we are connected to our Mother Earth like this. And when she is attacked, we are attacked. And when we are attacked, she is attacked. That's how close it is. That's why we've had for thousands, tens of thousands, millions of years, these, these wonderful daily rituals with the earth of growing our food and tending our children and tending uh, animals. And this is all, this was all the ritual of caring for the earth and the earth caring for us. And so now we have an enemy, she and, uh, and we. We both, we both have the same enemy. Uh, and if you look at just the structure of it, uh, without looking at the spiritual antecedents of it, I mean, the corporation, the corporation is, is a travesty because, uh, yeah, the small corporation is one thing where you have a single ownership or an LLC or something. But these giant corporations, these are what a wonderful Italian signer person when I was living in London gave me this great term I had not had. And it's an esoteric term, egregore, the term egregore. Yep. Yep. And these corporations are like these, like Big Pharma is the best one. They're just big, giant spiritual entities now, composed not of anything from the divine world particularly, but from the will of the people that have been eaten by that corporation. And that includes the people who go to them, like hospitals, the hospitals are, they're egregores. Uh, you know, I, they, they, they eat people. And the people who go there and still kowtow to the system, it, it just makes the egregore greater and bigger and more powerful. So to me, that's one of our major problems. If we're looking systemically at the United States, or any country, but I can speak for this one pretty well. Uh, got a big problem there because these egregores have devoured the government. There is no government anymore. It's all big bucks everywhere. And, uh, and then without the knowledge, because everybody's materialistic, without the knowledge of the egregore, how can you possibly uh, fight it? How can you possibly, well, you could begin by pulling your resources back. You don't go to these things anymore. You don't give them your dollars. Uh, you find your own way. And even if it means that you eat less, you leave them to die of atrophy. One can hope that that could happen. 
But well, the with, ironic thing is, though, Alana, you're going to eat better because <laughs> if you grow, <laughs> if you grow your own food and you network oh, yeah. and stuff, you're going to eat because food's Franken food now. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but that's you know, it's empowering. This is all empowering. Well, it's, you're you're back to the earth. I mean, it's just that you've gone back to the earth, and that's that's the key. That's the key. Is uh, we are not evolved to the point where we can do without mother nature no we're not we're not and and when we are steiner says in the jupiter period when the jupiter period comes thousands of years down the road though a lot of things he said were far down the road have now come early that is araman's nature of course but anyway so the jupiter period the period when he says you will not be able to sleep at night because if you know someone is in pain. Now that's a pretty far cry from where we are now. Um, when, that, when that period comes, the, the earth and the humanity that is connected to it, we will, we will go, we will go. But we're, we're far from that. And we must conserve what is our connection with the earth through this and of course when i saw the chemical trails that was one of my very first thoughts being a steiner person was wow this is a full assault full assault on the etheric body of the planet and therefore our etheric bodies and that um i'm sure they know what they're doing this this is not accidental this is not the big boys with toys who uh, oh dear you know we goofed no this is extremely intentional and and you know it's a it's a play for being gods on the earth we all know that that's that goes with the uh psychopathy uh that they are all uh now um suffering from that now that uh many of the top dogs are uh completely possessed would be my word I would have to use. We, we know history repeats itself, so how much of this is overlays repeating from past civilizations such as Atlantis, and how many of the same uh, characters are back in uniform doing the same thing over again? I, you know, I know you delve into that as well. Yeah, I can't go back that far. I'm, 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 I sort of stick with the period of history that I'm, a, that's my watch. That's mm -hmm. like the Sub Rosa America series. I do talk a little bit about Atlantis and things. And of course, there are things left, a big trail behind us, right? Wherever we go. We're like Pigpen in, in uh, the Peanuts. Schultz uh, cartoon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the cloud of dust coming with us of our past karma. And certainly, I have had some of that on a personal scale, I happen to know. Uh, that I've had to grapple with and and transform to do what I'm doing now. Uh, so yes, but my responsibility is not is like when people talk to me about aliens and uh, and things. Uh, I I just can't. I I know these things exist. I'm not sure about the take on it now because the CIA has so abused. Uh, it's uh, it's privileges uh, along those lines, 
and making stuff up and abducting people and, you know, and making it sound like it's aliens. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, that's not my jurisdiction, but my jurisdiction is back to the Kennedy assassination, because I'm sure you've heard me say in an interview, uh, I had tea with Kennedy in the Rose Garden when I was uh, 15 years old. And he was a, he was a giant. I mean, I could, you know, I was sensitive to, uh, in a way, who he really was uh, in the sense of past lives, et cetera. So um, I knew I was with a giant. And then when he was killed three or four months later, I had to go back and give talks to the civic groups that had paid for my trip to Washington uh, in Girls' Nation, which is where I encountered him. I was in Girls' Nation. Bill Clinton that summer was in Boys' Nation. We were both there with Kennedy in the Rose Garden. I didn't know him, he didn't know me. We never knew each other. But uh, this, this uh, that's my period. So that's how Sub Rosa goes from that period to, and then I weave in the future coming to talk to these young people going to Dallas to see where Kennedy was shot. Uh, you know, I, I weave in what I already know about what's what where we are. The irony of that, as long as I'm on it, is that I uh, had that dream about 2019, and um, and that I I actually started out uh, the whole four book series in 2019 because of that dream. There were the the numerals 2019 were uh, about four stories high in front of me on a dark night in the dream. And they were on fire. And now here we are. I mean, I, you know, it's just unbelievable that. And when did you have that dream? 1993. Hmm. So, so uh, we're, we're right on schedule. Uh, according to Sub Rosa, sometimes I have had the little paranoid thought that they're following my, <laughs> following my book's chronology, but no, they're not doing that. Um, so uh, can it be? that um, I can't deal with the ancient past, but I know, um, I know the karma of, of having left a president, a sitting president, murdered in the street, shot down like a dog, and not one person has served a day in jail over that. That yeah, was a big mistake. I was just going to say younger generations that weren't alive at that time, uh, I don't think they can fully appreciate how impactful that was to us that were there. And even at that young age myself, I just uh, innately knew that this was the beginning of something. And it, uh, it was just, it, it really touched all of us very, very deeply. And uh, it was a huge event. Well, it, it was huge because it was ritualized. We didn't know mm -hmm. that then, but it was ritualized. And that's what I've pointed out in Sub Rosa, but also James Shelby Downard. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've talked about him on the air before, of this amazing guy who uh, gave us the insight into what Freemasonry in America really is. It's a criminal gang, is what it is, at every degree. And, uh, and and to to have seen three three of our heroes of the largest generation in history, the '60s generation, each one bam 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 
John Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, shot down, done, uh, all of them by the American gun, and none of them by the people blamed uh, for their deaths. So uh, you had this huge assault on the largest generation in history. It just crippled my generation. That's when the drugs really took off. And, uh, and all the street action and, you know, COINTELPRO, all of it just big time took off. Now that, that, was, that was a three, that, that's the death of the three kings, I call it. They were all ritual. They were all ritual. John Kennedy, 11-22, November 11th. Uh, Martin Luther King, April 4th, 4-4. Uh, Robert Kennedy, June 6th, 6-6. Come on! Wake up! Don't you see the numbers? Don't you see what they're telling us? And I, I was even telling a high school class about it once. I didn't teach there very long because they didn't want anyone telling the truth. But I, uh, at a girl at the back, I said, I, I, I said, I don't know what eight eight was. What was eight eight? Or was there an eight eight? There must have been two four six eight. Who do we appreciate? And she raised her head and she said, Miss Freeland, that was Watergate. Yeah. It was Watergate. And, uh, you know, it was like you didn't kill that president. You just let him walk. Right? So um, if we can possibly, as Eric Fromm, the great psychoanalyst, said, learn this symbolic language to some degree and understand when it's being used against us, because it's being used against us all the time, like COVID-19. Do you think that's by accident. These are all, the symbolic language leads us into the spiritual side of things, almost painlessly. And they use it all the time against us through our symbols, through the symbols they teach us. Why not, why can't we pay more attention to how the symbols are being used subconsciously against us? Um, and uh, and and wake up there as well. That's that's my hope. Yeah, dark magic. Yeah, they use and less lesser black magic all the time. Uh, but we don't, of course, we don't believe in those things anymore, right? Uh, again, we're going to have to take another look because we're dealing with powers and principalities. Yeah, and I mean, nine eleven is another big one, right? Oh and, yeah, um, loaded, uh, yeah. loaded with it. And and what you are so so brilliantly point out with 9/11 is how um, it seems like more and more that it was a direct energy weapon that mm -hmm. was used, and that of course plays into the chemtrails and the whole weapon systems. And then you know it was funny. I post I posted a a post that was all about um, perspective. Someone posted: Imagine being born in 1900, going through World War One, going through Spanish flu, then going to the Great Depression, then going all of a sudden into uh, you know, Nazi in World War II and how imagine, you know, now look where we are, where kids are complaining that their, am their internet's down so they can't order on Amazon. Ha ha ha. But also, if you pull back on perspective, look what, what we've been going through, which is the technocratic slavery system. So we go back to, I mean, uh, the 1986 uh, vaccination uh, act that opened up you know, poisoning, direct poisoning uh, to all babies coming into this realm. Then you go to 9-11. Uh, then you go to, uh, for me, a big one was Fukushima. 
that one was a really big one because it was kind of like the first all out, uh, uh, you know, use of that I aware of use of um, this, this weapon system to cause um, a mass uh, environmental impact by taking out a nuclear reactor uh, to poison our oceans with nuclear waste. To me, that was like a massive thing. And now we're at COVID-19. So in the same way, what's more incepted than the all out false flags of World War One, World War Two, is that we're now dealing with a much more global technocratic hidden war that to me almost seems yes. a lot worse than what people were going through back then. Oh, it's a completely different kind of warfare. You're absolutely right. And, um, and what one can find, I think it's in that other book, but I talk about it in this book in a different way. In the 90s, uh, the military went through uh, a revolution. Uh, it's called the uh, Revolution in Military Affairs, RMA. And RMA was primarily run by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, who is the uh, high priest of the Temple of Set, a true practicing Satanist. And he became tremendously powerful through his psyops uh, that he had done in Vietnam. He was involved in the terrible, terrible Cambodian secret war going on. And we, we, were, we had Michael Aquino for 30 years in the American military. And uh, he, he, was he wrote the, war, the uh, essay that everybody should read, Mind Wars. Uh, it's, a mil it's a military uh, essay in which he says that unless we turn more to psyops, and what by psyops he means satanic psyops, unless we turn to psyops, we, we will not uh, vanquish our enemies anymore. They will, they will overcome us. It's sort of like MKUltra was sold to Congress by saying that the Koreans had brainwashed people during the Korean War. It's the same kind of tactic. Uh, but that revolution in military affairs was a very big deal. It, it brought in asymmetric warfare, which is what you're seeing now. Uh, it erased the line between civilian and, uh, and soldier. Uh, it erased all kinds of lines of uh, decorum, believe it or not, uh, in warfare. Uh, all those are gone. Those are all gone. Just do whatever you damn well want or need to do and, uh, in order to win. So, so yeah, this, this is all against the citizenry. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other was too but it was sort of disguised as a good cause. And people believed that for a long time. I think Vietnam finally broke us from that, that, oh yeah, we're saving democracy from communism. And that's still being attempted to be used, but it doesn't really work anymore because you know somebody's making a lot of money behind the scenes of these wars. And the secret wars, uh, even more so. I mean, how much have the secret wars where you spent, you send out special ops to do dirty wet works, how much money has been made of, of that? Oh, well, tons. Uh, and it's probably been carrying the American economy for, for years. So yes, the, uh, the war is now brought home against citizens and, um, you know, I don't know quite how that's going to play out now 
you can't just start rallying behind the Constitution when you have uh, a media network like we have and this amazing space fence lockdown infrastructure of electromagnetics and nanoparticles, chemicals. You, you can't just go back to the Constitution as though everything's going to be okay. Uh, this is this is going to call on a, a something else that we'll have to, my hope is anyway, that we're not going into a total, uh, you know, uh, that we'll have to look at that and uh, and weigh how to do this to have this kind of communication capability, but not kill ourselves uh, while we're using it, and not allow the fat cats to to really use it as a weapon against everyone who's not doing what they want. That that's that's huge. We haven't even begun to open that can of worms not at all yeah. yeah yeah i mean it seems like to me that the solution is first and foremost stepping out from from the the corporatized mainstream world that and yeah. that's what's been wonderful about you know this cerveza bug for us is it's really allowed us to push that message which is get decentralized first and foremost we need to decentralize all systems uh, and and take over and we do have wonderful innovations coming like i know that a lot of people in this space think blockchain is this like new way to control humanity but it's like a it's like the wheel it's like fire <clears throat> it's just a new tool and so depending on how it's used it can be amazing resource for allowing us to get off centralized servers, get off centralized corporate systems. Right. But you're talking local now. You're talking local. I'm talking local and global. Yeah. Well, I think local you definitely are doing. Yes. Global is just an idea. Yes. Right? Well, it has to start local. It, it has it, to start every local. Yes. Every local. And yes. that's, that's a big order. That's kind of like saying, all right, uh, here's real individuality. Now everybody start following it. <laughs> it's, yeah. It doesn't make any sense because everybody's going to have to take their own path to it, right? Or, or not. Well, the one thing, though, too, is it's about awakening and, and cut, first and foremost, yeah, cleaning up your own backyard, cleaning up your own soul, your own spirituality. And people are searching for that right now. And there are, with this, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that with this technological expanse with the internet, we are able to create online communities where people can find each other from all aspects of the world, like our telegram group and people can support each other. And then they can go out in their little community and spread that knowledge to their neighbors yeah. and their family and friends, and then grow their own co-ops. And so, yes, we do live in a physical plane where we need to decentralize in our own little areas. And I think there's a mass evacuation of the cities right now for people who are waking up. There is this schism right now of two, two polarities. Those are in the mainstream we call normies that are still believing in the narrative, that still watch CNN, that still go to the allopathic doctors, that still eat McDonald's. Yeah. And then there's those who are completely defying all those systems and common law is really important, status corrections, everything we're doing, by the way, I haven't talked about this reunion summit we're putting out is all about these solutions. We're putting out an online free summit that's talking about how to do all this, become sovereign. Yeah. And so yeah. 
it, that's really important because that's going to allow us to at least start pushing, rolling the ball forward out of their systems. And the big thing, the big thing, Alana, and I know you know this from Catherine Austin Fitz and uh, what she talks about is the economic side, getting out of fiat, getting out of the debt system, because that's what's allowed them to pay for all this and all their lackeys, all the, all the order followers to have that, that debt system, which is just making money, printing money out of nothing, allowing them to fund with the secret trillions of dollars, all of these operations. We cut that from the source by going with our own commerce, whether that be Bitcoin or our own cryptos or gold or whatever you guys want to do, but we make our own currencies, we get sovereign and that has to be decentralized so that we can share information and have commerce and have communication that isn't being disrupted, that isn't being censored, that isn't being controlled. So we're seeing it all come to a head right now because we see the Facebooks of the world that are all CIA controlled and operated that are controlling with their fact checkers, you know, all the information. And it's amazing because they're their own worst enemy and that's something bear and i've been wondering about it's like with this vaccine thing it's kind of against their office their um you know their typical strategy which is the slow pot boiling the frog boiling in the pot slow increment incrementation of of the slavery system why are they pushing so hard the vaccine thing right now and the only thing that makes sense to me is december 21st the great awakening everything that's happening they're trying to disconnect as many people from their etheric bodies from their source because they know their time is is running short now hmm. very interesting yeah i mean um just as long as you guys who are younger remember that this was exactly how the 60s generation was thinking exactly we're going back to the land we're cutting yep. all the ties to the establishment we're going we're you know i mean and then what happened to us well they hit us they hit us so big that well, they, uh, they the timothy leary drug cia operation uh, that's the thing though is the one thing that this generation has now is we have the internet so we have the ability to spread information quickly. Of course, they are trying everything in their power to stop that by controlling the Facebooks, by controlling the social right. systems. However, we have, we have crypto nerds and people that are in the underground working on creating systems that are completely decentralized where we're running our own networks and then we're able to spread the information. So maybe that was, that was the beta test. The 60s were the beta test. They, that were, you know, our souls were trying, testing it out. It didn't work out. It wasn't the time. And even Steiner said, this is the time, right? He mentioned like right around 2018, 2019 was when it was going to be kicking in. So you get to be here to witness it. And I'm an eternal optimist. And I really believe everything's lining up right now for this great awakening and this great change. So it's really exciting. And we're being literally pushed into it. So just as long um, as you know that it's not just physical. It's not just physical, it's the, in, in, the inner life, the inner life that, um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong uh, and my life has been for naught, but I perceive that my efforts, and this is what drives me, my efforts, if I retain that integrity of the warrior, and I definitely, have integrity now i didn't when i was younger i was very damaged and wounded like many americans are uh, and i was able to find my way through that and fix myself and get ready for why i really came if i retain that integrity 
then the spiritual world approaches. Because see, the spiritual world, a lot of people say, oh, that's nonsense because, you know, why don't they, how could they allow all this? How could they allow all this stuff to go on? Um, the spiritual world is a great respecter of human choice because that helps us build free will. Uh, and we are the free will beings. So um, they will draw near if you have a certain intention of integrity. And then you get some real juice. And I know you guys have seen it. I know you have in your own lives. You're, you're at your wits end and you've taken something as far as you can and it just looks like it's gonna all collapse. And then, whoo, here comes something. And that's, that's kind of how I look at it is I fight so hard with no, uh, I have no fantasies of winning. I don't sit around and think about what it's gonna look like if I win. It's not a matter of winning for me. Uh, I'm older now and uh, it's a matter of just loaning my thrust to the spiritual world to do what thou wilt in the good way, not the do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law bad way. This is, this is uh, how I work, and everybody works differently. The reason I brought up the 60s was not to, uh, not to you know, diss you or anything like that. I get tired of the ageism of young people who think that my generation failed in what we tried to do, and now they have to, they have to figure it out. That is not what happened at all and i'm i'm really tired of that i don't i don't want to hear that again you everybody hear me i don't want to hear that again i don't blame you, Thank you yeah Alana. And, um, and bear will Alana, I'll, I'll echo that go ahead bear now I, as a contemporary alana uh thank you for saying that i'm uh, tired of being uh disrespected because we're the failure generation no not at all and i think your points about we were from a generation it was very idealistic we we're going to change the world and everything and in some ways uh you know maybe we did but i look around now at uh other contemporaries and most of them just turned into yuppies and went to sleep uh, but there are, you know, certain segments of us that are still alive and fighting. So, exactly. you know, I think also, you know, what Michael's saying, um, I, I have my own little take of it. You know, uh, I, I do believe in the decentralization and, and all that sort of thing, because it does imply individuality at the same time. Yeah. But it really boils down to our intent. Uh, I don't uh, have my own farm here and live on the land off grid because I'm afraid to run out of food. That has nothing to do with it. The reason why I'm here is because I enjoy it. It connects me to the land. And with that connection, I can connect to spirit. So mm -hmm. I see uh, in part of the movement, not everybody, but everybody's into prepping now. And we talk about spirituality and, and all those good things, but it's, it's separate. You know, we're still fragmented. And so I think when we get to the point where everything we do, whether you're talking about cryptos or farming or alternative medicine, you know, like medicine, a lot of people over the years and to this day come to me because they want to hedge their bet. You know, they're afraid to die or, or to be sick rather than understanding medicine as a vehicle to connect with spirit. So mm -hmm. I think when we just 
flip that in our mind and understand and and you know these days the technologies we use uh you know also understand that thoughts are consequences and everything runs downhill from that and you know we're talking about entities too well we all create our own um little entourage of entities to not just from you know external sources disease is an entity yeah it's it's an energy field that we have to be able to sit back and and someday just see it as an overlay and then you know take care of it on that level then think that we're going to cure it with an herb or doing it you know from reverse engineering from the ground so yeah it boils down to why are we doing things in the first place and i agree 100 percent with you that it it's all about spirit and um so maybe now's the time to put the two worlds together. And of course, many, many sources, including even in the Bible, they talked about this being the end time. And uh, at the end time, all there would be no secrets, no men for their actions. I, I like to call it the Klingon phenomena. You know, when the monster is about to, you know, to shoot, they have to materialize themselves. They come into full view. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Yes, uh, you know, I think everything's that's good. out in the open. Some people still can't see it, even though it's in our face. But, you know, that's maybe not a bad thing either, because it's all a matter of timing, and it's not everybody's time right now. Exactly. It's a process. It's a process. Mm -hmm. It's not a product. And that's kind of how I, I always saw the 60s, was uh, when people would sit around and talk about the, the ideals. Uh, I definitely knew that they were, we were right, that the establishment would come down someday. And I think we're witnessing that now. Uh, but it may not be as we thought it was. It may be a little different. And that's, that's something that, uh, you know, I think that the inner life is the thing that keeps us on the straight and narrow of our, uh, of being able to see properly, not not just with our ideals, which are, I still have them. I mean, I'm 73. I have my ideals and um, they're the same as they were back then. They're just better developed now. Uh, so, uh, and, and I'm stronger because I'm wiser and older, et cetera. But I, I think that the, the American suffers from, uh, in my opinion, I was raised as a Romanian little girl. Remember, I was raised as an Eastern European until I was about nine, nine years old, I would say. And the American, it, it feels they have to do something, to do it. And, uh, and, and yes, yes, we all need to do something. But if we don't have the other part, that interior part, of intention and intention is the right word steiner has a a, a chart where I, I can't direct you to where to find it but i have it on my wall uh where you start at the wish and then there are these there's the wish then it goes to the desire then it goes to something else something else something else and the seventh one is the intent so there's a maturation process where you say gosh i wish things were better. And I wish everybody loved each other and, and these wonderful wishes. But it's a long haul to get to where you have intent. And as Castaneda said in his books, 
whoever wrote those books, uh, that the intent is the power. That's the power. And boy, do I know that one. That one, because I now have real intent. And that real intent can really draw things and um, hopefully keep me somewhat safe. Uh, so um, I, I absolutely support what you're doing there in uh, that California, Oregon border. <laughs> uh, I have friends who are run the American Eurythmy School um, down in uh, Mount Shasta. Um, they're actually in, in weed a few miles up the road. And um, they, they have uh, money and they have means and they have idealism and they have lots of people that they're training, young people, 30 some students per year. Uh, and they have a beautiful farm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see. And then they have property in Oregon uh, that they're developing now. Um, and, and they're very inclusive communities. They are not like me out in the world. In fact, they usually call me when they want to find something out about the world, <laughs> which I find really bizarre. Uh, but, uh, you know, I love what they do. They create beautiful intent. The intentional community is what they have done. And we had, I lived in five communes, and we all wanted this intentional community, but we had too many chiefs and not enough Indians to be totally unpolitically correct. Uh, and we, we just could not get that together because we all had different ideas and we would end up in, you know, there'd be love affairs and then they'd break up and then things would fall apart. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it, was, it was very messy, very messy and very childlike as we left the middle class strictures and the establishment growing our own food doing you know whatever and uh and yet had this chaos that we had not worked out and that we had to work out together um so we never got to the point but whereas with my friends who are running the american eurythmy school um they have the same philosophy they don't have to argue over that rudolf steiner rudolf steiner rudolf steiner and and so Everyone's working on Steiner, and those who find that too constrictive, they leave. And that, that, that sounds great. I just, I, my job is the people, not inclusive community, I've discovered. My job is to be, uh, I'm living now in an in a adult, uh, aging adult, uh, low-income federal housing because I've never lived in anything like that. So I moved here to find out what it was like because hmm. I want to know. I want the experience of the people. Uh, and uh, I'm willing to put up with, you know, this, that, and the other, but I have to be able to write. That brooks no nonsense. And if I'm not comfortable in a place, if I don't have privacy, if it's too noisy, et cetera. So, you know, we all have our job to do here. And, uh, and I am in 110% support of your job. And I appreciate your, your uh, respect for mine. Because writing these work. books is not about changing anything now. I'm writing these books for 50 years down the road when they're finally going to look at what happened to us here. And uh, well, I, I figured... Well, many of us are appreciating 
sorry, I should say many of us are appreciating your work right now. So um, if we could, um, sorry, go ahead, finish. Hey, Bear, could, you're, also, Bear it's, you're really low right now. Is there any way you could either talk right in the mic or turn up your volume? How are we right now? Are you okay? That's, that's better, yeah. Okay, okay now? Yeah. Okay. So uh, when you, uh, sorry for interrupting, but finish your thoughts. But then after that, if we could segue maybe back into some of the things going on in the atmosphere and perhaps uh, what part CERN plays in that and, and you know, look at back a little bigger picture as far as what's going on. Sure, sure, we can do that. No, I was, I was pretty much finished and we've gotten into some okay. interesting places. It's, it's hard when, we, when we're all so interested in, you know, everything that's going <laughs> on, not just the atmosphere. Can, can, I just, can I just say though, Ilana, that I, I, just from a perspective, and I'm actually in my 40s, so, but from kids that I hang out with in their 20s, because there has been this like kind of neo-hippie um, revolution or, you know, like going to these consciousness festivals as a DJ and, and doing this, it's like you guys were the pioneers. You guys were the ones that were showing the way. And I tell you, it's like really hip to be a hippie, you know, <laughs> and, and it is. And people are looking towards that time. You set that in the Akashic record, that energy, that, that is now bubbling back up that people are looking oh, towards. That's great. And, and, and there's a lot of amazing documentaries. Like some of our favorite stuff we talk about in our Telegram group are all these 60s documentaries of Back to the Land movement, the LSD stuff like uh, um, that we've talked about, the, uh, uh, the documentaries about the guys that wanted to, you know, wake up the world by creating um what was the lsd the original batch you know there was like these surfer renegades in california and like there's so much amazing storylines and sure people mess up we're humans things go awry because that's what CIA messed up the IA, but but being a pioneer that's what's going to happen and now you're going to be here to see it to kind of coalesce back into a new movement. And you are now someone that we look up to as an elder for information, as you're saying, your friends go to you to, to find out ideas. And that's, so mm -hmm. you've served a massive purpose. And I, I like to think that actually your books, if we do our job, mm -hmm. it won't be 50 years down the line. Like people need to be reading this right now because no, it's so important. So Anyways, I really I, I thank you so much. And I, I absolutely agree with you. I happen to live in a lockdown state uh, in which the BLM has made a huge ingress. And uh, that is why I well, we saw the last week, we, we saw last weekend, though, in your town, there were some skirmishes. Did you see those videos? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yep. there are patriots out there that were standing up and saying, no more, no more. We need to have some common sense. We need to get out of the court. So BLM, yes, of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, you know, and all lives matter, et cetera. But yes, Black Lives extremely matter. But that's a corporate brand. It's that a is corporate a corporate brand. brand that has a specific CIA-created um, indoctrination program to keep people compartmentalized into a mindset of their own slavery. And, yeah. and when you have individuals that we have to get back to being individuals, thinking for ourselves. And the one thing that you talk about that's amazing is compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. And that is one of their biggest ploys. And we are all compartmentalized now. 
our life is compartmentalized. We don't know where our food comes from. That's compartmentalized. Our medicine compartmentalized. Yeah. When we put our trash out, where does that go? We're so disconnected from the systems that, that everything is. And it's all about being the modern man and everything just being easy to, to access. And it's the greatest time ever. But no, we've been compartmentalized to death to where we are so disconnected from reality that it's so easy to mind control the population with something like a Black Lives Matter. And I know you're kind of in the heart of it there in Olympia. I sure am. And uh, everything you just mentioned, by the way, was uh, the curtailing of our relationship with nature. You know, the trash, the food, all of it. It's all, you're cut Water. off, you don't know anymore about nature. So, um, yeah, okay, so back to the atmosphere, yes. Um, the one thing that I think is key for you to know, and um, you won't see as much of it in that book as you will in the book I'm writing now, and that is the nanoparticles. Uh, the nanoparticles are, um, are really, really crucial because uh, most of them are nanobots. The primary number, I would say the most nanobots uh, that are being dropped in the tra uh, stratosphere are uh, nano sensors. Uh, those are called MEMS, M-E-M-S, GEMS, G-E-M-S, and NEMS, N-E-M-S. I love those acronyms in the military, I tell you. So uh, these, uh, these sensors, we breathe them in, uh, they find their way from the lungs into the bloodstream, then they find their way in through the blood-brain barrier, and then they send data back to what I call the laptop boys. And, uh, and that data goes into the big data pool and goes into the machine learning of the big AIs. Okay, so uh, these sensors can also be, if, if indeed they are sensors, some of them are just nanobots, just tiny computers, tiny, tiny computers that are receiving instructions uh, remotely and, uh, and are prepared to do the, the work. And where you can really get a real picture of what I'm talking about, because these, these nanos, it isn't just their size. They, you know, a nano is one billionth of a meter, very, very tiny. Uh, it's that they are, they are using the nano size to construct uh, atom by atom by atom by atom next to each other, uh, all these different building materials. So basically, um, right now with biology, engineers are taking over biology. And, uh, and there will be no molecular biology anymore. It will be digital biology. And it will be a matter of construction by the nanobots. So so this is this is the problem. We, we're accustomed to parasites. We're accustomed to flora and fauna living uh, symbiotically with us in our intestinal tract. Um, we, we're accustomed to you know having worms, having various uh, fun, fungi, uh, and now it's machines, little tiny machines, and. Um, they are capable of being programmed remotely. Their, their instruction as, as creatures is basically, 
wait until you're uh, directed to do something. So they can um, cause, well, everything, heart attacks. It's a lot more than just cancer. Uh, brain aneurysms, um, all the things that seem natural, like natural deaths, like a, like a stroke. You don't die, but nanos could be used for that. They would then, you know, they have their various programmings and they would go and do this, that, and the other. Where you can really see what I'm talking about, the swarm consciousness they have, and they do have a consciousness. That's the key. They're, yes, they're machines, but they're AI machines of their own ilk. Uh, and it's due to, it appears to be due to their size. In other words, what I'm finding in the papers and patents and all the stuff I read is that because they're so tiny, they're right up at that quantum threshold. So what the quantum threshold means to me, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm very interested in quantum physics and, um, you know, try to educate myself as best I can. But the quantum realms, that's where you get into the, um, the different dimensions. Uh, as you know, the universe is just loaded with dimensions of consciousness. That's really what the universe is, is just a giant consciousness. And uh, these dimensions have various entities in them, of course, that, that, um, that are maybe more comfortable in those dimensions or, or have different bodies and have different uh, types of uh, perceptions and all that, uh, communications. And, uh, and that's kind of what it means. So when I saw the uh, footage from the Santa Rosa, California fire quite a while ago, um, I was watching the footage. It was a uh, drone footage, very good. And I, I was watching the embers on the ground. It looked like they were blowing, right? But uh, when I really looked more closely and ran it back again and again and again, watching it, I could see that it was more like a phalanx of soldiers uh, weaving their way uh, through a path of uh, one house being on fire, another house not being on fire, a, a tree uh, burning from the inside, and then another tree not touched. And, um, and I realized that I was, I was looking at nanos. I was looking at someone directing the nanobots through the fire and um, carrying their, their fire with them. They were like the, you know, the firemen in uh, Fahrenheit 451, the firemen who start fires. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh yeah, and, and had, I was in touch with Amy Lee then, who, was doing, who did, I think a hundred videos on the California fires. I mean, Jamie, Jamie does great work. He's a videographer and, um, and he had told His, me- His uh, channel is uh, Plain Truth. Um, yeah. but it's been taken, he's gone like plain truth, one, two, three, four, five, six. He is getting right, taken and I think these, the, the videos that you would see for the California fires, the ones I like, are uh, Paradise Lost 1 through Paradise Lost 100, I think it is. Very familiar. Uh, the one I recommend is that you see Paradise uh, 51, because in that he interviews a uh, an anonymous scientist uh, who 
wants to retain it. And I did talk to this guy, so I, I do know he exists, and I picked his brain a little more on the phone. Uh, he's very wary of his life, and he would like to have a few years left. So um, he he talks about the nanos, and and that's that's what they do. They they swarm. Their consciousness exists not in, in singularities, but in swarms. So um, this is what we have in us, and they can swarm in any way they're told to swarm. Um, so that's what to me, the chemicals coming down, I would assume that now with this uh, COVID thing, I would assume that we are being vaccinated with some uh, additional chemicals coming down. Here in the Northwest, um, I just live in an, uh, a constant haze. And when it rains, it's a very mild rain. Well, generally, sometimes there'll be a spurt just a big bunch and then boom, it's over, kind of like in London. Uh, but often it's a, it's a very thin rain, but, uh, but penetrable. And I, I often wonder what's in it. I don't suffer, uh, and I don't know how other people are suffering or if they are suffering. I, I'm pretty isolated right now because I'm writing so much and, and have to, have to stay on the track. But, um, I, uh, I do, I do wonder about that. If see the problem with that is the vaccination. To me, it would be more like they are dropping parts that they're going to need uh, that we breathe in that would um, further the nanotechnology in us. As far as the trigger, it's kind of like the trigger in the California fires was not a nano; it was a laser. Or maybe it was a, a LIDAR. It could have been LIDAR as well. Uh, but anyway, we saw the blue beam coming from the sky. That was the trigger. That didn't do the fire. That just triggered and got the nanobots going and got everything moving. Um, so uh, we have to keep our eye on this because an aerosol delivery system is exceedingly uh, fruitful and, uh, and, and valued greatly uh, by those who are running these programs. Um, so that's, to me, the main thing to say about the atmosphere. You know it's electro, uh, electromagnetic all the time, and that's a, a piece of cake. You can use radar installation. You can use the satellites and the lasers on the satellites. There's a lot of ways to triangulate there. They have a system of destruction called interferometry, and they can, you know, they can cross beams over the target area and and really hit it. And right now, what I'm watching because of the great work by one of our activists uh, named Rick Duart at Weather Warfare. Uh, Rick is documenting amazing flood action going on all over the world right now. The problem is the wrong finger is on the geoengineering buttons. And I have watched Trump for, uh, well, all this time. Uh, at first, I wondered if he even knew what was going on with the geoengineering. I don't think he did. Uh, but um, how do you get the right, the right finger on the button? Because uh, the one th good thing that has happened is... Uh, this is the first four years of a president I recall in my lifetime where there has not been a war. 
And so uh, some things are going well, but this one, this one still remains to be seen because I feel it's being used as a way to just crash the world everywhere possible while Americans are distracted by the election thing and, uh, and you know, and, and whatever else they can throw at us. So that, that's kind of the way I was thinking of going there. Did you want me to go in another direction? Um, no, that's good. While you brought it up, though, uh, has your research brought you much into Trump himself? You know, he has some interesting ties with, uh, I think, the Kennedy clan. Uh, also, he had a friendship with Nixon. Um, his uh, uncle, Fred, you know, his connection with MIT, and allegedly he's the one that... Uh, John uh, recovered John Trump. Oh, John, is it? Yeah. Sorry, John. He recovered and the, he, the he allegedly, stuff. Yeah, and he recovered a lot of the tests. So uh, what have you found out in that area? What I uh, know, uh, because I'm familiar with it, is that um, for the past year, I've been watching, uh, well, longer than that, it seemed to me that since the war that is going on now, the civil war we're involved in, um, that he has, he's following uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War. And that's a very short book. I read it when I, I ghostwrite books for people for money. And um, I did a CEO's book years ago. And I read uh, The Art of War three times. It's a very short book. But it's, uh, it's that usual Asian subtle, right? You have to really feel your way into it. And uh, I see that Trump uses it all the time, or the Trump team. I, I call it the Trump team because it certainly isn't just this one guy. Uh, and uh, what that means is um, there are times when he'll say something and you'll go, oh, my, oh, I can't believe he just said that. Uh, uh, and then you see what happens, and what it really was was a – a way to draw uh, the enemy out uh, and then something usually happens to them because they think that he doesn't know or they think he's, you know, he's sick or they think he's whatever. Uh, you can see, I think you'd have to be blind to not see how deeply hated he is by the deep state. And that in itself was uh, enough for me to take another look uh, because um, that depth of hatred and, and who he saved us from uh, spoke volumes to me. So I have taken several looks and sometimes like he'll say he's pro-vaccination and right now he's setting up, you know, whatever that's called, operation, whatever it's called. And, uh, and then another time he'll He'll be for uh, you know more of more of something awful. Uh, I I I go with Coleridge's willing suspension of disbelief, uh, and uh, retain my faith that whatever is up, uh, the divine world is also involved. And uh, I will just uh, I'm very glad I'm not on those front lines that he is on. Uh, I'm on a, a, a sort of separate front line, I feel, uh, and um, and uh, the art of war. Everybody should read it. 
so you know what's going on because this is the first president we've had in my lifetime to my knowledge that has had zero a uh, access to any mainstream media i mean zero less than zero uh, they beat him up at every opportunity so um i you know i'm i'm hopeful and i if if we don't make this cut then uh, america deserves everything it gets because i have tried to wake people up my entire lifetime and people have just slept just slept in their self-satisfaction and their personal careers and you know all the things that under good leadership you could have the liberty to do but we didn't have good liberty leadership i couldn't even look at the previous president much less listen to anything he said i would feel ill in my stomach and i have a very strong stomach so i knew i was encountering some level of evil in this person that uh that i i I, I saw no reason to really listen to him because the the cabal was still in control. And it's been a long-standing um, succession of people from that cabal. You have the Bushes, you have the Clintons, you have uh, the Obamas. It's yeah, all bipartisan, all across yeah, the aisle. I, yeah, I, I had my doubts initially with the current president, but as you pointed out. You know, it doesn't seem like it's just pure theater that they really don't like the guy. Oh. And, uh, and you know, then you have the kind of the ever Trumpers that, you know, right or wrong, no matter what, you know, he's playing 5D chess. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to think that possibly he really is. Yeah, the 5D uh, so, chess would yeah. be the uh, Sun Tzu. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and he exactly. even has said, he said in two or three interviews that they've asked him what his favorite book is, and it's The Art of War. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did I need to be? I also, yeah, I also believe his rhetoric about the vaccines, he's really talking about something else. Yes, he is. Uh, Yes. yes. And remember, the very first thing he did, you probably don't remember, but I am a big proponent of, uh, I have a friend in London who is one of the leading edge uh, activists against pedophiles, uh, especially the ones in government there. And um, I, I follow that assiduously. I'm, a, I'm the survivor of incest myself. So I'm very interested in what happens to children. And um, I discovered that uh, the very first thing he did was to lock down the funds of anyone found to be involved in human trafficking. Can't take it out of the US, can't take it out. And I said, this guy is gonna do something for children. Yeah. And I've sent some of the things, some of the, mostly it's on a rumor mill basis at this point because he has no access to mainstream media and who would believe him anyway? No one. They would make fun of him. One of the greatest things he's done is the rescue of thousands of children from these underground bases. Well, and, and, uh, and it is interesting, though, because even just it would like what I noticed as soon as 2016, 2017, I'd go to airports and I saw this stop human trafficking literature everywhere. And it was yes. like, you know, so there was definitely that was to the forefront, whether or not yes. people want to believe in the underground secret layers of kids being tortured, no matter what policy was implemented. 
exactly. moving forward to, to, as this was a major, major issue. That, and we know there are main, even the mainstream media had to come out with multiple reports of arrests and, and uh, raids of places where kids were being held. I mean, on mainstream media, this was Once reported. in a while, once in a while, but not at all anything about the big, the big. Correct. But I mean, my point they, is that's how big it's been, is that even mainstream media has had to put out, they, they couldn't keep it all in wraps. They couldn't, they couldn't negate it all. Yes. And that is, that is huge. And that was what drew my attention to him first was like, that was an EO I could believe in. I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to go after these guys because every president except Jimmy Carter, and I don't know about him, but every other president we've had since Kennedy's assassination is a pedophile, has been a pedophile. And I have proof. So, you know, I, I'm kind of on a warpath regarding that because there are so many MKUltra survivors I know who, who their greatest sadness is no one ever goes to bat for children. And they were those children. So, you know, that, that's something that, uh, yeah. And when I realized that they were running an entire industry on not just child trafficking, but on adrenochrome, in providing adrenochrome to Hollywood stars and other uh, large personalities. Uh, and I know how adrenochrome has to be made in order to give the, uh, the uh, life-giving power that gave a lot of these starlets and stars uh, their youth beyond uh, the time when it should have been vanishing. So, you know, to me, that, that won my heart right off the bat. And then since then, I've followed all the EOs. I keep track of them. Most Americans don't understand how the executive order works. Uh, and, you know, it's a federal register thing. And it goes into law without Congress at all because he has been stopped uh, by the House uh, uh, and in the Senate. I mean, he has been stopped everywhere they can stop him, everywhere. So he has turned to these, uh, these other uh, ways to govern. And uh, a lot of people blame the government. The, I think one of the major misunderstandings is that we even have a government running anything right now. I mean, talk about running on automatic. It's unbelievable because it's not really governance going on. It's a takeover attempt with a sneaky defense that doesn't want to be seen uh, and is using this COVID thing as a cover-up as well. So it's a very fascinating. I mean, there, can you imagine how many books are going to be written on this period in the future? I mean, it, it's a riddle wrapped in an enigma. And the one yeah. other theory is I'm completely distanced from um, the whole presidential thing, knowing especially how, how everything's corporatized and we're not even in a republic and you can go down right, all those right. channels. So, right. um, but the idea of the Pied Piper theory, which is that Trump was actually put in to be the Pied Piper, to keep the right and keep patriots seeing this hope, the Q movement and all that, while we still have the draconian measures coming in, we still have the vaccines. Well, we don't know, we don't, like you were saying, Yep. We don't know yet because the cards haven't been totally unfolded. So right. I, I tell people, trust your intuition, stay, stay grounded, 
don't get too caught up in the the drama of of the uh, of what we see right now. Um, well, the emotionalism, the emotionalism. Yeah. I mean, forget it. And 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 here I have to put in a a uh, a warning. I don't own a cell phone because it's a weapon system. I don't own a television. It's a weapon system. The only weapon system I own is this computer that you see me talking on here, this little laptop of mine. So uh, beware of if you insist upon owning an iPhone, you are being pulsed night and day with frequencies to impact your behavior, your thoughts, and your emotions. Take it from the horse's mouth. I know this. And you must, must, must not fall prey to emotionalism. You must deal with that on your own, away from your cell phone. Uh, if I were you at night, to you've got to protect your sleep. Don't sleep on beds with metal in them. You will be, you will be hit. They are, they, it is so thick now. They're, the geoengineering that is controlled by the wrong finger is just, and the satellites that are up there are just pelting us with frequencies. So do what you can to ameliorate that. But if you find yourself going into emotionalism over just someone bringing up the T word, just that alone, realize you are being pulsed and that is total mind control and you'd better do something about it and get hold we of had yourself. A <laughs> We had a guest on not too long ago who was a physicist and he did a lot of experimenting with the phones and took the battery out, took everything out, disconnected, turned the Wi-Fi off, and then he still was <laughs> detecting the pulsing coming out. You, you can't get rid of that thing. No, no, you'll, we're swimming in it. You'll appreciate this, Alana, though. I'm part of a group that is the smartphone emanci uh, operation, smartphone emancipation. Okay. And, and there's a movement of people rejecting uh, the centralized smartphone companies and going back. I'm actually looking to go back to a BlackBerry for now. And um, because I still need it for my emails and stuff while I'm on the run, because that's helping my activism. That's helping run the company. Like I need to be in tap with that. But there is like a pretty big movement of people understanding like, whoa, not. And a lot of it's just like being captured emotionally and spiritually by all the the apps on there, your, your attention, right? It's constantly taking yeah. you out of the natural world because you're like, what? I need that endorphin, you know, rush from likes and follows and what's going on. And, and, um, but there is like, that's back to the, the hit sixties hippies back. And now we have our own, you know, it's, so there are these, these awakenings and these things, really cool things happening. And, and personally, I, this is the spiritual side you're talking about. And what we talk about all the time is I really feel like if we do our job right, we will move to a place where we can be psychic again. We can be connected psychically. We can be going out of body meeting and doing stuff and doing commerce in, other, in the astral realm or whatever. And we can then see the nanobots. We can control them like the matrix. We can get rid of them. We can become the true warriors we need to be through our own spiritual tap, tapping in. Steiner talks about and then it's all becomes like the matrix you know like neo and just whoa you're way ahead of me you're way ahead of me and as long as we don't fall into the glamour of thinking we're above it when we aren't 
and we certainly have those potentials, but we have to be grounded at the same time. Yeah, and the uh, the out of body thing is a little scary to me, but I I realize that's right. At night when I sleep, I know I go out of body, and I am in. Uh, interestingly, for months now, maybe it's because I'm writing and you know in the heat of the moment, the heat of create creative thing. Uh, I am in schools all night long, and I wake up, uh, you know, I, I have teachers. I'm teaching some of the classes. Sometimes I'm, I'm living in communes. Um, it's always a group, always a group of people, and I don't know any of them. I don't know any of them in my real life, but uh, obviously uh, I'm out of body and busy. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, otherwise I pretty much want to sort of uh, – Maybe because I'm female, I, I want to be really in touch with nature. Not that I go for walks in nature or that much. I, I you know, uh, it's not about that. It's not about worshiping nature. It's about that grounding. That grounding is a good word of uh, of really staying here now. You know, Ram Dass. I heard him loud and clear. Be here now. So I am a big proponent of be here now and of. Uh, of just doing the job before me, and I don't I don't spend a lot of time um, in fantasy or or projecting into the future. I find that it weakens me. I, I need to simply stay with the task at hand because I I really do feel I'm on a battlefield, and I am I am a bit uh, you know I I am targeted to a degree. So uh, that's another thing that uh, one has to be careful of. And that's what I meant for people who are not activist leaders or something that beware of your cell phone because you, you will, it will be used against you. It is a weapon system and you're going to have to figure out if you need it. Okay. You're going to have to figure out how to live with it and you should treat it like a weapon, like a gun. Uh, that you uh, either have, are you going to have it by your bed? Are you, are you going to, you know, you can't turn them off anymore. Um, you're going to keep it in your car at night, outside your house. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, what's that? A Faraday bag. Oh, a Faraday bag. Yeah, we, we, uh, yeah, and we uh, sell these on our website. <laughs> and oh, we also, right. We also okay. sell uh, grounding uh, bags with Tesla rocks in them to uh, put under your bed if you have a metal frame, put in your bathroom along your pipes to help ground the EMF and stuff. So we're all about solutions and giving our community um, uh, different uh, tools in their tool belt to help protect themselves and navigate right. these times. So. And you've, you've, you've tested all of them. Yeah, Bear Lando has tested them. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, send me, send me that link then, okay? And I'll put it up on my Facebook cool. sites. My we'll evil do. Facebook sites. Um, <laughs> well, hey, Alana, this has been an amazing conversation. I feel like we could talk for about 16 hours. There's, <laughs> I mean, there is just so much content to get into. I mean, I mean, I, 9-11, we could talk about for about eight hours, right? Um, and uh, the work you did there, uncovering so much of that. And uh, that's like Kennedy 2.0, I say, you know, that was like the next big false flag that really- Oh, very, very big, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, now it's, I would say the next one now has been this Cerveza bug hoax, you know, the, the COVID yes. uh, has yes. been the next plan. So and, it's and incremental. Yeah. yeah, and they're all in, as I recall, they're, they're all in 19 years, not the uh, 2011 Fukushima. 
Mm. Fukushima was not the 19 year, but it has been 19 years since 2001. And again, we're in the rich, we're in ritual land because 19 years is a moon node and a metonic cycle it's known as. And um, they're, they're right on, I knew they would do something at the 19 year mark since that. And, uh, and now it's this. So watch those uh, rhythms, those planetary rhythms. They're, they're definitely using them. Um, and I could prove, uh, well, I have lots of that stuff in my Sub Rosa America. I used to sit around and doodle uh, numbers just to figure out how they had been set up, these events. Um, no, you guys are just way too much fun, I tell you. Now, I, now I'm going to have to, re to make myself go back to reading my notes and, and doing what I, I do all the time. Oh, I, wonderful. Thank you so yeah, much. Uh, thank you. And, and just one quick comment, you know, about the years, you know, a lot of people get into numerology and that sort of thing. And there's this whole cult thing about certain dates, but numbers actually have a resonance. So there's another level of reality yes. as far as why certain numbers yes. and dates are used. They have a physical resonance and we measure that sort of thing these days. Yeah. And the planet has, uh, has time resonances. Yeah. That's why they use these, yeah. uh, these marked dates. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Well, hey, Alana, thanks so much. Everybody, thanks for joining us on the chat. It was a lively chat, to say the least. Um, a lot of things I wanted to bring up from the chat, but we just, we didn't have time. So I'm sorry, guys, if I didn't get to your questions. Uh, but uh, join us in Telegram and drop them in there, and we will have a lively discussion there. Um, if you did enjoy this conversation, please give us a like, a, a follow, subscribe, share with your friends. We need to get this information out to as many people as possible. We need the mass awakening now. Uh, and uh, so much going on. Uh, we have our reunion summing, summit uh, launching in a couple weeks. That will be the initial registration where we'll be talking about all these topics and it's solutions based. So it's about changing your status, getting off the corporate system, uh, embracing your sovereignty, learning how to grow food better, uh, uh, learning about health, the germs don't make you sick, all these important things so that uh, you're empowered to have the tools to um, further your spiritual evolution and get off the wheel and start uh, moving down towards the path towards sovereignty. So uh, just check us out at alphavedic.com. Alana, thank you so much. And what's the best way for people to follow you? And I'll put those in the show notes as well. Yeah, I have the uh, ilanafreeland.com uh, blog site that my webmistress keeps up wonderfully. And um, then I have uh, two Facebook uh, private sites because I've lost control of my Ilana Freeland Facebook site. The uh, two sites are Ilana Freeland uh, Under an Eye Nice Sky and Ilana Freeland Sub Rosa America. And they have different subjects, needless to say. So those are how you, and you can, there's an email available for me uh, at the ilanafreeland.com site. It's a Proton Mail site. Wonderful. Please, everybody, if you aren't already, go follow Ilana and uh, engage with her community. I, I have a feeling you're going to learn a lot more. Uh, buy her books, alphabetic.com forward slash book list. Amazing reads. Let's support Ilana. And um, thank you so much again. Everybody, have a beautiful day. Get outside. Get your feet in the soil. Go ground. Go plant something. Go for a hike. Mother Nature is the best uh, everything. <laughs> so thanks again, guys, and have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.